1: there's a lot of people I do not see eye to eye with. This particular pit, I'm kind of interested in because I think they made a good pick because I want to look at this person in the eye and I have a few questions. out here anyway. It may come as a surprise to you, but I first off want to compliment you on getting rid of that no good flower shop. But more than that, I want to commend you on getting rid of that stinking alien about Hey, And one more thing, man. We bite, scratch, care for what we want. And we're so much alike. But you know something? We're both complete opposites, man. What? First of all, you better than anybody would know how much I care, fight, and scratch. That's the first thing. Well, let me put it this way, Piper. There are a couple roads, man. There's the high road and there's the low road, brother. And right now, I don't know which highway you're gonna be traveling down, but you can be assured of one thing. They both end in the same place, man. And both of us want to be there because at the end of these roads, That's where the best is, man. And we both want to be the best at what we do. And you know that I will be there. Oh, and I'll tell you one thing. I'd like to be there when those two roads meet. Hulk Hogan and Rowdy, Roddy Pike.
0: Hello and welcome to the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. I am your host, JP John Paz. And this week on the Hogan Era Podcast, we are bringing back... The doctor himself, the doctor of style, the doctor of economics, Mr. J. Michael Jargo. Jargo, how you doing today, sir?
2: You know, Paz, the first time that you asked me to do a Hulk Hogan podcast, I thought it was a rib. And then we ended up doing like an hour on Hogan and Andre. Yes. And now you're asking me back for episode two. So I'm episode three. Oh, episode three. Okay. <laughs> Cause I was starting to say, I, I don't feel like this is a guest host spot anymore. It's yeah. just like, you know, oh, nobody else is available. So I'll just get a hold of Jargo. Jargo will do it. And you're right. I will. I, I will always do a podcast with you.
0: Hey, you're always available.
2: It's true. It's true. I'm a podcast whore.
0: You're a podcast junkie, for sure. With, obviously, the Hogan Era podcast last week, we talked to Andre. Really, the first week was just me and myself going over what's to come for the show and what what we're going to have here on the Hogan Era podcast. But I feel like, of course, Andre may be the biggest feud for Hogan. Absolutely. Quite possibly. But what was the most important feud for Hogan. So you gotta think like, okay, where did it start? You had Sheiky Baby, Iron Sheik, as he comes in, it really starts the Hogan era starts. That gold quote unquote Vince Golden Era, which they always say started before him, but I mean it was it's the Hulkster or bust. I mean he's the one that set it up. He's the one that took it to the next stratosphere. He's the one that created Titan Towers, brother. You know what I mean? He he basically Imploded the business for Vince. So you had Sheiky Baby, you had all these small other feuds, you know, you had the, the Dr. D. David Schultz and the small other ones kind of, you know, they're there. They're not necessarily huge or, or groundbreaking or, or breaking the business or, or breaking, you know, the world at this point. But then all of a sudden, the Rowdy Scott shows up. Rowdy Roddy Piper shows up kind of unceremoniously at first. He feuded with Bruno, who's obviously older and out of his prime, but still hugely popular, still. You know, a force. You know, still the kind of the the guy you think of when you think of the original WWF. The WWF. You obviously think of Bruno and his two title runs that were Jesus, like four thousand days combined. I mean, just right. nuts. So when you think about it, it's like okay, they bring him in, Piper. They kind of don't know what they have, but they know they have something. And he's feuding with Bruno to start, and then it's almost like. Man, if Berger, kind of want to put Piper with Doctor D and and Orndorff and, and Orton and like kind of have Piper be almost like the manager type because he's not qu- as big as those guys, but he's still big. And comparatively speaking, nowadays, I mean, he, he would be huge. But you know, he's he's bulked up then too. But It's one of those things. It's like they definitely didn't know what they had when they got Roddy Roddy Piper when they signed him. They knew they had something, but they didn't know what.
2: And I I think that's accurate because I mean the thing about Piper, he was a great talker. He wasn't necessarily, he was a brawler. He'd get in the ring and he'd throw a lot of punches and maybe a few kicks and a couple of clotheslines here and there. And then he'd push you to sleep, but he wasn't your traditional pro wrestler. Um, I'm curious. I'm I'm looking up now because I, I think we kind of forget how big Piper necessarily was. Six foot two, 230 pounds is what Piper is listed at. In that era of the WWF, he was a pretty small guy. But he could talk a lot. And that was really what got him over. And, you know, we were talking, we were kids when this entire feud really, really happened. But I remember like the older generation of fans loved Roddy Roddy Piper. Was he like the first really cool heel? Like the guy that would just go out there and yeah, he was a heel, but he was such a good talker. That everybody loved Roddy Roddy Piper.
0: I think in the WWF for sure, NWA you probably would say Flair. You know, he was always kind of that right. uh, cool heel, but WWF, it's got to be Piper for sure. And it's just so interesting that Vince sees him. Okay, he's not like the biggest guy, but you know, he's still definitely serviceable as far as size wise. not like oh, this guy's like, for instance, in Adam Cole today, Vince Solomon said this guy's got to be a manager for Keith Lee. Like, he's not like that size where which is which a lot of people think is crazy anyway, but. It's not like that size where it's so large. You're like, oh, he, he's not believable. So Vince almost was like, this guy's got such a good mouth, such a good talker. He probably heard of him because you know he doesn't watch anything at oh, other wrestling. They probably heard of him in Jim Crockett and in Georgia and him coming through the territories. I'm sure someone told him, hey, Starkade, him and uh, Greg Valentine literally had one of the greatest uh, matches of all time, bloody brutal, and, and was one of the main draws for the Starkade show to really kind of set it off to begin with. I know, obviously, flair and race, but, I mean, that match was – huge part of the show as well so it's one of those things where i'm sure somebody's in vince's ear but for some reason vince sees him and doesn't necessarily give him like the the major push right away like hulk where he comes in and boom you're in the main event boom you're fighting Sheik of the garden boom you're winning the world title he kind of was like okay i'm going to pair you with all these other guys who you're a little bit smaller than and we'll see where it goes and maybe you could be their mouthpiece it wasn't like in stone like you're going to be a manager but it wasn't also like hey let's give this guy a gigantic push
2: you know, it is funny that you bring up the Adam Cole comparison because when you think of Piper at 6'2, 230, he probably was about Adam Cole size on that <laughs> WWF roster. I mean, when we talk about Hogan, what was Hogan? 6'7?
0: Yeah, it's like basically 303 is what they would say, but I'm sure he was between 275 and 300. I'm sure. You know,
2: and, and that's the thing that I think is really interesting about the Piper feud with Hogan. is... Piper was an undersized heel. Hogan's out there and he's wrestling monsters. And then all of a sudden here comes Roddy Roddy Piper. And he had to take a completely different approach. And it really added an entire, another aspect to the Hogan character.
0: Do you think that Hogan is always because it seems like through history he always wanted like that bigger guy you know sullivan always says you want to slay the giants right. you want to slay the dragon you want to beat the big guys you want to get you know maybe get beat up a little bit and then in the end you're the big conquering hero do you think it works better for hogan when it the guy's bigger like a king kong bundy or a big john stud or an andre the giant or do you think that it's okay for the fact that a smaller guy that can shit talk and literally get so much heat, you know. Like, what do you think for Hogan? Do you think he just preferred the bigger guy because it was an easier story to tell? Well, I think for Vince, the underdog babyface is kind
2: of his de facto storyline, right? Mm-hmm. When you've got a guy who's you know three hundred pounds and six 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 seven, it's really hard to make him an underdog babyface unless you're putting him in there with an absolute monster. Yep. Hogan really was kind of the giant slayer, right? But we forget how freaking big Hogan actually was. Piper might've been the first undersized heel that Hogan had to work with, which is a completely different psychology inside of the ring. It was the, the Piper feud was way more cerebral. It added that entire dimension to the Hogan character where it wasn't just about how big and strong are you, it's how mentally tough are you?
0: And the thing is here, it's like, okay, Piper comes off JCP. He's he's in WBF. He's with Bruno. He's kind of a little bit of a mouthpiece for some of the other guys that they're like kind of thinking about putting together. Because if you believe some of the stories, and and I've talked to Dr. D. David Schultz about it, the way it was progressing, he thought it was him and Orndorff with Piper in the corner against Hogan, T. and Snuka. Like he just thought that's the way it was kind of progressing. And then obviously we all know, and we'll talk about this in in a few minutes about (laughs) the real main event was Piper, Dr. D out the door after the Stossel thing and Orndorff with Orton in the corner. So it's It's, interesting to think that like Piper, it wasn't really clued in or thought in at first. If that wouldn't have happened, do you think Piper is the manager in
2: that scenario?
0: I probably do because I don't think you're going to take Orndorff out of there. No, Orndorff absolutely stays. And I would love Dr. D and Piper. I mean, that, that's just like an awesome kind of dream team right there. But I think it would have been Orndorff staying with Dr. D with Piper on the outside and being that the heat magnet and the shit talker and all that stuff. But it's just so weird to think like, wow, like all that kind of changed because of the Stossel Dr. D thing. Yeah. But if you think about it in reality, Piper is much better in that role than Dr. D. You know what I mean? Like Dr. D is awesome. Yeah. He's a great heel. But as far as like the guy that's going to really lead the next generation of heels that are going to be attacking Hulk and, uh, Hogan and Hulkamania and Mr. T and Hollywood, like Piper just, I mean, man, did he scream off the, off, off the page? Like this guy is, he's got it times like a thousand. Yeah. That's really interesting to
2: kind of think about because if Dr. D is in that spot, if Piper is in the corner, but Dr. D is the more featured act in that position is WrestleMania as successful as it was. Like, does that completely change all of pro wrestling history just by random accident?
0: It's just interesting. Like when you think it's like, man, that could, have like, you almost get lucky, better lucky than good. sometimes Because, Piper set it off and to really kind of set it off. It was all because of like the brawl to end it all, which really wasn't a Piper Hogan thing. It was more of a Cindy Lauper coming in and rocking wrestling thing, which is off. It's kind of piggybacking off the backs of Hogan. And you see the popularity of wrestling and Cindy Lauper is a big fan. And then you bring in David Wolf, the manager and then captain Lou's involved in the video you know, she loved Captain Lou and then Captain Lou ends up kind of turning heel and he's going on the other side with Mula against Wendy Richter, who's with Cindy Lauper. And that's what's interesting because you, you kind of almost like as, as a young fan, you only like remember, like you just think, boom, Hogan and Piper started off and, and they went from there. It really was the girls. It was Wendy yeah. Richter and Mula that set it off at the brawl to end it all with Lauper there getting all that mainstream attention. And in a good way, too, because sometimes you bring in the celebrity and they're not that into it. She's into it. You know, she's got Captain Lou in the right. video. She, you know, playing her dad and all that stuff. But it's like she loves wrestling. She loves the characters. She fit in perfectly. Rock and wrestling just meshed well, just went together so well. So to me, it's like, man, the perfect celebrity to start the perfect feud that was started with women, which was just almost a forgettable thing to me.
2: Yeah, it really is. And a, a large part of that is kind of the way that that entire thing would work out, which we have talked about when we did the, who is the, the greatest female talent of all time. Uh, Wendy Richter absolutely could have been the female version of Hogan if, if they would have just went with it. Uh, but as, as much as you talk about you know, Cindy Lauper being the perfect celebrity, Piper was kind of the perfect heel. Piper was kind of the perfect guy to have in that spot As far as the crossover appeal goes, because he did, he wasn't as towering as like, if you, if you put Hogan inside of those MTV segments, Hogan's towering over everybody. And it's just like, oh, wow, look at this guy. But Piper, when you give him a microphone, it was like, I really want to see this now. And it, it was more sold on Piper than necessarily hogan at that point in time just because piper knew how to run his mouth and you wanted to see him get punched in the mouth by hulk hogan
0: so you think back and you think okay piper and they they always kind of say like the the rumor like oh but he was so injured from uh the dog collar match and you know maybe that's kind of why in 84 when he jumps over he didn't wrestle right away he was kind of more in the manager role but he was still wrestling so it wasn't like I don't, I think that was kind of like a built-in excuse later on because they realized like how dumb they were that this guy wasn't like at the top of the card as like the main heel. So I always felt that was like a built-in excuse. Like, oh, he had injuries. That's why it's like, I don't know about that. I just think you guys were more sold on on Dr. D and Orndor for some reason, maybe weren't as sold on Piper because of the size. Yeah. And when
2: you look at them, you can see why knowing Vince's reputation over the course
0: of the years. And that's exactly what I was thinking. It was like, it's, it's Vince. Vince's thought process with his mind, where he's going, what he wants the guys to look like and be. So, I mean, it's kind of written in black nothing's and white right changed. There. Yeah, nothing's in really changed. 40
2: years, nothing has changed. You look at Leo Rush. You look at Adam Cole. I mean, even in a 2021 context, he's still doing the same thing. And Adam Cole could have been a great comparison for Piper. If he would have been the manager for Keith Lee, it very well could have ended up the same way as Piper and Dr. D.
0: Yep. So you create Piper's pit, you kind of before we'll get into the broad end at all. Like you create Piper's pit anything you yourself. It's like, wow, this is really cool. This is different. This is something that really will help Piper shine. Sometimes he makes the guy he's interviewing look like an idiot, <laughs> which is, which is great for like the fan, but also for the guy. Sometimes you can tell there's a little bit of tension there. It's like, Hey, you know what, what are you doing? You're making me look bad. Cause he's so good on the mic. He can make even like a, a very good guy in the mic look just pedestrian and terrible. And just, Bury them without even batting an eye. So you create Piper's Pit. That's one of the things where it's like, okay, Vince at least had the foresight. Like, this guy is so good. He could advance storylines. He could really create heat. He could do all these different things behind the mic without wrestling by doing a segment that is really cheap to produce and will be very easy to move storylines along. So you create Piper's Pit and you really utilize Piper in the perfect way. I know they've done so many different of these talk shows afterwards, and I don't know if any of them has ever really kind of met up to the Piper's Pit standards.
2: It's That's a really, really hard standard to live up to. Um, And and this very well could be another one of those happy accidents where Piper was just so good at talking that it just kind of, kept evolving into what it would become, but you're right. It's so vital. And I was really surprised when I went back and looked over the course of history at how few matches there were between Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper, you know, because there were so much done in those Piper's pit segments. And when you talk about the Piper and Hogan feud, it, it's so funny that you have to talk about all these other people that were involved because piper just started going after hogan's friends i mean in piper's pit like that was the entire strategy you keep them apart and just let it simmer and simmer until it's just ready to boil over but in the meantime piper's setting up all these other programs with all these other people but it's all still part of the hogan feud
0: and you think about it you're like okay Piper is such a shit talker. You know, he might like dispose of like one baby face or be feeding with one baby face, but bad mouthing Hogan in my mind. And, and I know that the fans minds, I think yourself like only one guy can shut this guy's trap. You know what I mean? It's like only one yep. guy can shut him up. And like, that's the Hulkster. My guy Hulk will shut this guy up for good. You, you Perfectly. He knows how to press the buttons of, of the fans. Like perfectly. He knows how to really be that like perfect heel where You do love to hate him sometimes, but sometimes you really hate, hate. You know what I mean? You really just like, I despise this guy. Like, okay, that might have been good with Frankie Williams. But like, oh, what he did to Snooker, what a scumbag. But then he just, you know, like he'll dispose of Snooker or whatever. You know, he'll move on from that feud and he'll advance himself up uh, higher up the card and go up more up the ladder. Like as soon as the Hulkster gets him, boy. He's going to get smashed or he'll finally get his comeuppance when he, when he has to face the Hulkster. Like that's always to me as a fan, and I'm sure many, many fans, multiple fans have the same mindset. Like the Hulkster will get him. The Hulkster will shut him up.
2: And, and that, that was what was so smart about the way that this entire thing was built up because every match you felt like this is the guy who's going to get Piper. And maybe that's what kind of plays into the injury thing, too. Because when you look back at Piper before he got to the WWF, don't you feel like Piper was a better in-ring competitor before he got to the WWF? And people, oh, it was all the injuries, changed his style. Or was that by design? Where Piper Piper wanted to look weaker in the ring to make the babyfaces look better. Like, even when it was Snuka, You felt like Snuka should be able to take out Piper. Yeah, Piper can run his mouth, but there's no way he can keep up with Jimmy Snuka inside of the ring. And then Piper finds a way, right? Every time he just finds a way until it gets to Hogan. And then finally you can look at it and say, oh, I see what they were doing here. But it was so smart the way way that it was all thought out. It was so smart. I don't even know if you can give Vince credit for that. Like, you know, maybe that was Piper.
0: Right. I feel like also it kind of always happens with WWF where they kind of like tone down the style. Let's go more character. Let's Mm -hmm. go more development. Let's be more about the emotion rather than just like the work and being a good wrestler and having a good match. It's just kind of the WWF style, which is fine, which, you know, I have no problems with at all, but it just seems like the WWF way a lot of times.
2: Now I was always under the impression. One of the things that I always thought was so intriguing about the Piper Hogan feud was Hogan went over everybody, right? Hogan must pose. Yes. But he couldn't get over on Piper. And I thought that was always the case until obviously the WCW stuff that happened later on in the career. But for the context that we're talking about, he couldn't get over on Piper. It was always a count out. It was always a disqualification. There was always interference. There was always something. And then as I was doing the research for this show, pause, did I see right that Hogan actually beat Piper in a WWF ring in March of 1984?
0: Yes, but it was, I believe via, wasn't it count that or DQ or I don't think he ever pinned him in WWF. As far as I, as I, as far as I remember, as far as I know, he never pinned him in the WWF.
2: See, that's what I always thought too. But when I go to cage match and mm-hmm. I'm looking through all this, like, you know, Piper defeats Hogan by count out Hogan defeats Piper by count out Hogan defeats Piper by count out Hogan defeats Piper by DQ. This one match on, let's see, it would have been October 19th, 1984 in an event in San Diego, California, Hulk Hogan defeats Roddy Piper to retain the WWF championship. It doesn't say by count It doesn't say by disqualification was that just one of those things we pretend like never happened?
0: It might be a misstep by cage match they might be wrong. It might have been by Canada or bDq or or that somehow they got the result wrong because I even in house shows I've never heard of Hogan pinning Piper because Piper said he never got pinned by Hogan. Hogan said Piper would never do business, brother, like meaning that he wouldn't get right. pinned by him, so it must have been uh, i Not a misprint, but maybe a mistake or maybe some miscommunication there, because I don't think I've ever heard of that. But it'd be interesting to find out if anybody from San Diego (laughs) went to a show in '94 and they saw somehow Hogan pin Piper, because I'd never heard of it happening.
2: Well, yeah, but you know, they also pretend like Andre was undefeated for 15 years and he'd never been body slammed at WrestleMania three. So, like, it's not like it's outside of WWE's wheelhouse to be like that never happened, brother.
0: Right, right, right. It's just weird that. Wouldn't he drop him on TV, but only in the house show. Right. Who knows with Piper though. Yeah. It's, you never can't always sometimes
2: tell as a wise man, what's said. say.
0: Yes. So brawl to end it all. Wendy Richter defeats Mulder, becomes a woman's champion. You think you're going in a new direction here. You think you're going to be heading towards the original, maybe woman's revolution with, with this stuff with Wendy Richter. She's not getting pops like Hogan, but she's popular. There's no doubt about it. She's getting very good pops. The crowd loves her. That Cindy Lauper thing does nothing but help her. So you have Wolf involved, who's a manager, a real life manager. Uh, you have Cindy Lauper involved. You have Captain Lou involved, who's eventually going to turn back babyface. But you have Captain Lou out there. And then you got Piper. <laughs> and then Piper shows up. He, uh, I believe it's in December of 84, they have an, an MSG uh, show. And right. they're going to get an award. And he's going to give, they're going to get this award. And, oh, hey, uh, Captain Lou's out there. And Cindy Lauper's out there. And everybody's happy. And this is great. Piper's like, what the hell is going on here? The shit disturber himself, rowdy, rowdy Piper. What a friggin' heat magnet. Gets booed out of the building. The crowd absolutely hates him. The best part about it is he, you could tell loves it. I mean, he just doesn't give a shit. Oh, he yeah. lives for the booze. He lives for the heat. And he beats the shit out of Albano and breaks that award right over his freaking head. You got to love Piper. I mean, this to me was different because it's like, no way is he going to go out there and disturb it. Okay, he does. No way is he going to beat them up. Not only does he beat up El Bano, he beats up Cindy Lauper and kicks her. Crazy. And he was
2: the perfect guy to do it. Yep. I, he was the perfect guy to do it. And on that stage, I, I don't think that it can go understated in a 2021 context for people that weren't watching WWF at the time, who have only heard about rock and wrestling. What that did for the pro wrestling business and also what that did for MTV, I mean, that was a huge crossover that benefited both companies, but you're exactly right. Like when you see Piper out there, nobody thought that he was actually going to do that. It's like, this is a media event. Like I understand you want to have all sides represented. And if you're going to have a heel out there, okay. Yeah, I guess it should be Piper. And then he goes off and he starts working and he does an angle. And nobody could believe it. And it exposed the WWF to an audience that's so much bigger and it would continue to build and build. I mean, we're talking about three matches over the course of how many years, three matches. And the rest of it was all just promo time and letting it simmer and keeping them apart.
0: It is nuts to think that they didn't have, like, a, a bigger feud. Because if you think of WBF and, like, the the, the boom, boom, right? the WrestleMania boom, it's predicated on Hogan and Piper. Piper sets it off here. I mean, there is a fever pitch at MSG. I mean, they want to kill this guy. And this is an era here, too, where it's like, WWF. I don't know if you're going to have riots. No, it's near riots with this guy. He <laughs> is absolutely hated. You can forget about that, you know, or Sports Entertainment Pal stuff. I mean, they hated this guy and they were going to have a riot at one point because he's just totally out of control as far as like okay guys kicking Sydney Lauper he's beating up managers he's ruining awards he's just this total uh, shit disturber, like I said and just totally ruining the plan of rock and wrestling this is supposed to be a great thing and MTV and and, and Lauper and everything else and they're going to have the cartoon Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling Piper is going to disturb all of it none of it he just not in favor of it. And which is funny because if you think about it, a lot of people say, like, oh, today, like Logan Paul or whatever celebrity, Bad Bunny, or oh, these celebrities kill wrestling. Piper is legitimately saying that backstage with Mr. T, he hates him, doesn't think he's supported the business. But then he's bringing that out front times a thousand to the crowd. And he's basically not really being a true, you just, just kind of say he's being a true heel, but he's being his true self. And he's saying, like, this is bullshit. I don't like this rock and wrestling. This is crap this is pro wrestling uh what is all the sports entertainment nonsense mr t's not even a wrestler this guy's not trained like he's saying all this stuff that maybe you would think but he's being a quote-unquote heel and he believes it so these people absolutely hate him for it but you know he's making some good points it's funny as you're laying all that out he's cm punk
2: right he's cm punk and the thing that's interesting is we talked last week about andre And how the Andre Hogan thing might have been the first sports entertainment feud. Piper is as pro wrestling as it gets. He's out there. He's speaking in sound bites. He's speaking in 90 seconds, 120 seconds that he's just had it with all of this, all of this expansion, all this cross who wants to cross over into the mainstream. I'm a professional wrestler. I don't care about any of this. And it's kind of that blend right before sports entertainment would really take off. But this is as pro wrestling as the WWF ever got.
0: So you got the Hulkster. He's the world champ. You got Cindy Lauper in there. You got Mr. T coming in. You got the celebrity appeal. You got mainstream people looking. How do you kind of take it to the next level? How do you kind of bring it from... Here, here, here. We're growing, but send it on a rocket ship to the moon. Enter Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I feel like he's just the perfect guy in the perfect storm to create that because I love Doctor D. David Schultz. I think he's great, and I can't believe like what happened to him. And obviously, Vince wanted him gone for a reason. Right. If you if you hear all the stuff, maybe backstage, he's not. He's got to get along with like from a Vince perspective and you know Hogan was really close with him at one point something happened there but I mean it's just one of those things where it's like okay Dr. D is awesome I love him but Piper is the perfect guy for this era to take it to the next level to really kind of take the rocket ship and get so much attention on like what he's doing like okay this guy may be able to do this but they're not the talker and the guy that could really shake things up, like Piper. I mean, he could create and stir emotion out of like you know a corpse. <laughs> really, I mean, you you see like somebody's like, eh, "I'm not really into it." So then it's like on the edge of your seat. I hate this freaking guy. What the hell? Uh, first of all, he's beating women. He he's beating up Albano. He, he's ripping on Mr. T. This guy's it's the A team. He's Clubber Lang. He's a, he's a celebrity. He's a superhero, superhero, superstar. He's the man. You don't belong in wrestling. You know what I mean? Just the perfect guy to do that. I just love Piper. And you can't think of a better guy in that role. It's like, man, the perfect timing of the WBF at this point. And you wonder, like, how they became so big. It's like, okay, Hulk, right? Well, he's kind of got to get some guys around him to elevate him. Because if you don't have guys that, you know, that have a threat to Hulk or you don't have a reason to care of, of like, the the villain – you know, it's like the Batman Joker thing. If there's no Joker and Batman is just walking around beating up, um, you know, villain A and villain B and this crime family, it's not as much juice as when it's the Joker. So you got Hogan, the Batman, and then you got Piper, who's the Joker, and that brings so much more juice.
2: That is a wonderful comparison because prior to Piper, it was all about the physicality. Hogan was bigger. Hogan was stronger. And it was about Hogan overcoming these monsters. It was about Batman fighting killer croc, right? It was about yep. the mutated, just genetic freaks. And then there's the Joker. The Joker can't match up with Batman. Yep. I mean, look at the guy he's, he's puny. And that was very much Piper but it was the psychological warfare. It was the fact that he could talk. And it was the fact that he was, he was going to sneak attack. He was going to take every little advantage that he possibly could get because there was no way he was going to match up with Hogan and he knew it. So it became psychological warfare. And that's when you, I think people really started to relate to Hogan because when, when you just have the big burly guy, who's just beaten up all the monsters. Yeah, that's cool. But what is there to relate to? There wasn't anything to relate to. You're not going to be 6'7". You're not going to be fighting Andre the Giant. You're not going to be fighting Big John Studd. You're not going to be fighting Dr. D. These guys are huge. But Piper, we all know a guy like that. We all know a guy who has maybe just a little bit too much to drink, and he starts running his mouth, and you you just – He ruins every good party that you ever go to. And you just got to punch him in the mouth. And that's what Roddy Piper was. It was that emotional connection from both sides because you really wanted to see Piper get his comeuppance and you really wanted to see Hogan be the guy to do it. And that was the first time I feel like it wasn't, it wasn't like boxing where you had, you know, just these two massive Goliaths that were going to collide it was a real personal thing for Hogan to get to Piper.
0: So Vince is going to go all in on WrestleMania and create this super show with a ton of celebrities, a ton of fanfare. They're going to do it at Madison Square Garden in March of 1985. So it's like one of those things. It's like, okay, we have something here we're going to build. But how do we turn this thing into a global giant? You create WrestleMania and you what do you need? You need a huge star to main event, but you also need that big heel to go up against them. But we're also going to mix in a celebrity who's got massive appeal, one of the biggest stars in the world at that point, 1985. And on the other side, you got the biggest heel, and then Orndorff, who's obviously perfect for that role as well. So we're building up to WrestleMania 1, Hogan and Mr. T versus Rowdy Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. Jimmy Snook is going to be in Hogan's corner with Mr. T, and then obviously Orton is going to be in Orndorff's corner with Piper, You got all the celebrities mixed in. I mean, this is just a huge show. It's going to be so important to Vince because he's going to put all his money into it. If he doesn't succeed, who knows what happens to the WWF. But did it ever have the opportunity not to succeed? You know what I mean? Like, to me, it's always one of those things where it's like, oh, we put everything in and we had our fingers crossed. And you saw the momentum of the shows and saw the momentum of the crowd. This was the perfect timing. And it was just honestly like, okay, you know, you make a gamble, but that was a pretty safe bet it was going to be a success just based off Hogan and just based off Piper alone then you mix in the celebrities and Mr. T and stuff I think there was no way for Wrestlemania 1 to fail
2: well and think of how far we already are into this feud by the time we get to Wrestlemania 1 right I mean because these guys had a couple of matches on the build up to Wrestlemania 1 and Hogan just could not get his hands on piper he couldn't get that one two three on piper every time piper would somehow weasel out it's a disqualification it's a count out but we're talking you know we're four or five months into this thing like this thing is already boiling hot by the time we get to wrestlemania aside from all of the celebrities which are bringing in more casual eyes and by the time we actually get to the match just from the sound bites backstage even Hogan's like, I got to shut him up, brother.
0: Yep. So we're building up to WrestleMania. Like, how do we build up to WrestleMania? Right? It said the main event. We know what's going to happen in March 85. So how do you build it up? Okay. You have that special moment, get destroyed at MSG with Piper breaking the award over Albano's head, him kicking Lauper. Then who makes the save? Who's going to be the hero? Who's going to run off Piper as he's causing all this disturbance? Of course, the Hulkster. Right. And that's kind of the, the start in the genesis. Okay, okay, now Hulkster, we're going to kick this guy's ass and get us come but up. But he doesn't. That's the thing. He doesn't kick that's, his ass. That's right. He perfect heel, perfect joker, skedaddles and gets out of town before he could do that. Yep. But Hogan still looks like the conquering hero because he saved Cindy Lauper from further damage. So it's like, okay, you have WrestleMania. How do you build up to mania, but keep everybody interested? You can't just have nothing happen, nothing go on. So the big thing to me is the war to settle the score. You think this is going to be the end for Hogan and Piper? Maybe. You know, you're eventually going to have that big tag match, but, okay, Hogan's going to kick his ass one-on-one. There's no way Hogan doesn't beat him, and, okay, we're going to have the tag match, and something could happen there, but there's no way Hogan isn't going to beat Piper. Well, guess what? He doesn't beat Piper at the war to settle the score here at MSG. Huge house, huge gate, sold out, huge MSG show. It happened on February 18th, 1985. Hogan is defending the title and Hogan obviously in about eight minutes or so only wins via DQ. So it's kind of the thing here where it's like, okay, he gets him, but doesn't really get him. You're happy Hogan won, but you're not happy. It was a DQ at all. You're almost more pissed.
2: Now what I'm not clear on, it is said that Piper had creative control as well, right? When did that kick in? Because I do not believe that Roddy Piper came into the company and Vince was like, "Hey, I'm going to give you creative control." I don't, I don't buy that.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that for two seconds. I'm not buying that at all. But I do buy that he's just like, "Okay, I'll do business. I'll lose to Hogan. I just don't want to get pinned." And I could see because you know you, you have some clout if you're Roddy Roddy Piper. You I mean right? Vince is start starting to see us now. Like this guy is a frigging star. Yeah, no, no, on the top of the Empire State Building. I mean, this guy is a gigantic, huge star. He's matching Hogan's star power. And like Piper famously says, we were running neck and neck. Without me, there is no you, which isn't necessarily true, but it definitely helps Hogan. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, in in MMA, Anderson Silva, okay, you're just a huge star. He had really no supervillain until Chell Sonnen. And then I noticed the buy rate for Anderson Silva went up because he had that ultra heel, that asshole, to go up against. Like, okay, maybe Sonnen isn't the best. Anderson Silver's probably the best, and and maybe he's the best middle to ever, but he never had that guy to push him to that next level of superstardom. Even though he was undefeated for 15 straight fights, it's like he just didn't have that guy to do it until Sonnen did it. So Piper is that for Hogan. He's the best. He's the champ. He's the man. He's, he's so popular. Piper, I think, hits him in the ass, and he goes even higher into the stratosphere because you hate Piper so much, you love Hogan even more.
2: And Vince had people conditioned at that point. Hogan must pose like we all knew Hogan's going to beat Roddy Piper. It's going to be in the garden. Right. I mean, because even at that point, everybody knows Madison square garden is hollow ground for, for the WWF Hogan's going to beat Piper and he's going to beat him in the garden. I mean, there's no way that this is not going to happen in the garden and then it it doesn't happen. And it is
0: crazy to think like, okay, Every time I know they didn't have that many matches, but like okay, in eighty-four, they'll have four matches, and basically Hogan wins on count out, Hogan wins on count out, Hogan right. defeats him. We don't know about the San Diego thing. I think it's DQ or count out, but who knows? And then uh even before that, Piper defeats him on count out in 84 at, at Boston Garden. So it's, it's always kind of a schmoz, but then you're thinking, okay, MSG here, it, it's a big show, it's war to settle the score. Right. Hogan's gonna he has to beat him, he's gonna beat him. And then it's a DQ. It's like, man, I don't know if Hogan could beat this guy. This guy's such a damn worm and it's not only plotting you know the doubt in the back of
2: your mind as a fan is piper finally piper just has to beat hogan hogan can't beat piper but can piper beat hogan and it's also planting that little seed of doubt in the back of hulk hogan's mind and i feel like that was the biggest thing that really made this the more hogan tried the more hogan tried to get to piper the more batman tried to defeat the joker the more powerful it seemed like the Joker was getting
0: it is so interesting. Like to think like, okay, this guy didn't want to lose to Hogan because he didn't want to kill like his aura about him or his spot. So it, and you see, obviously, he didn't really do many jobs in the, in the WWF right. hardly, hardly at all. And everyone remembers the Piper one, but I mean, they were, we're talking seven years later in 1992 when it's Piper Brett, excuse me, at WrestleMania at WrestleMania, when he loses to Bret Hart, uh you know he he's done some jobs before that but it's not nothing like clean jobs to the number one face the number one guy possibly ever in the biggest company at that point and probably the biggest company ever (laughs) he won't drop to him. He was not he refuses to lose to him because he doesn't want to lose his spot and is important. I wonder if that in essence almost hurt Hogan wanting to continue the feud with him because, you know, Hogan at at points is like picking and choosing like, okay, I love this guy Bundy. I want to work with him in Japan. He brought him over to Japan with him. I love this guy here. I want to bring him to WF. I want to feud with him. I know he'll do, he'll do business and then we can continue to do a little business, but I'm always going to get, you know, not my way at the end, but Hogan must pose. The fans have to leave happy. They will leave happy. I don't know if I'm going to get that with Piper. So Hogan is definitely reticent. And you always hear about them creatively and behind the scenes, always butting heads. And it's obviously because Piper's like, I'm not losing to you, brother. Like, I'm not losing to you, pal.
2: Well, and, and part of me wonders, just in knowing Piper's personality over the course of the years, how many times was it set up for Hogan to beat Piper? And then the day of the show, Piper shows up and he says, Hey, Vince, let me grab a word with you. And Piper makes the pitch to Vince and can basically convinces Vince McMahon, we can do bigger business if we don't do this. If we put it off a little while longer, like how much of it was Piper talking himself into that spot creatively with Vince? Because Piper absolutely seems like that kind of person.
0: And I know people would say, oh, just do business, do this, do that. Guys at this point, and re- really, I mean, it's still pre- pre- uh, prevalent Excuse me, today. The guys want to keep their spot. It's a political business. Hogan at one point was living out of his van. Do you think he ever wants to go back to that? He's afraid if I ever lose my spot, I might have to go back to that van or I'm going to start jobbing. And I'm not going to be as popular. I'm not going to sell a million shirts and this and that. You never want to kind of go backwards. Piper was homeless at one point. He sees a spot. He created a spot. He bulked up for this. He got ready for this. He's the biggest heel in the business. I'm not losing my spot now. I'm not going back to being homeless. I'm not going to drop to Hogan, and then all of a sudden you release me and fire me, and I have no leg to stand on. If I'm going to leave, I'm going to Hollywood. I'm doing it my way. Great, great song after WrestleMania three with Adonis. And I'm going to have the number one movie in America. They live. And not only am I going to shove it up Vince's ass, I'm going to make him bring me back and back and back. And you're going to pay me more money because in essence, politics, but also in essence, I'm not losing my spot. I don't want to lose my spot. I'm not giving up that spot. So a lot of guys, obviously the time honored tradition of doing business and take doing the job and stuff. But I think when you're Piper's level, there's certain guys. Okay. They say, okay, Savage is a pain in the ass, Uh, but you got a job to Hogan. Okay, I'm going to job to Hogan. But he, he still wants to maintain a spot and keep a spot. Hogan had a hard time jobbing to some guys, which is fine. He wants to maintain a spot. Piper's right in that level. I mean, he's between Savage and Hogan, in essence, and saying, like, okay, I deserve that stuff, too. Warrior pulled the two. If you're a big star and you're a big name and you're making that much money and drawing that much attention to the company, you do have your right to say – I don't think so, brother. Steve Austin, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett was supposed to get Triple H's spot. Austin said no. They threw Triple H's name out there. Okay, I'll work with Triple H. It's been going on forever. Undertaker's done it to a bunch of guys. Cena has done it to a bunch of guys. It's just the way it goes. It's just the way it is in the business. But I think the other
2: thing with Piper was it was justified. Piper would lay out to Vince. Hey, let's, let's put this off for another month. Let's put this off for another six months. And every time he does it, it gets a little bit bigger, right? Like we, we start with the, the rock and wrestling. We start with MTV and the audiences get bigger. We go to Madison square garden. The audience gets bigger. We go to WrestleMania. The audience keeps getting bigger. And especially as we're doing the national expansion audiences just keep getting bigger. So the longer Piper is like, no, well, we'll do it, but we're not going to do it tonight. The reason that it worked was because it kept getting bigger. If, if this would have fallen off after, you know, the second match, I think things might've been different, but even Hogan looking at it, his payday is getting bigger. So let's keep doing it, brother.
0: That's the thing about Hogan. People always assume like, okay, he's probably mad at Piper. The Piper didn't want a job to him. Piper is easily one of his favorite opponents because he made him the most money. That's all he gives a shit about. Like I would always say this. I talked to Sullivan. It's like, why the hell did Hogan feud with butcher and WCW? That was horrible. Hogan's idea because he literally showed Sullivan all this West coast tour that he sold out with beefcake. In Hogan's mind, obviously, you know, he's the star and he's the draw, but he kept it in his mind. And I know he's best buddies with Beefcake, too, which is also why he got a big push. Don't get me wrong there. I know that. But he has his thing where he's saying, no, this guy can draw money with me. I want to work with this guy because I drew money with him. He doesn't just go, oh, I like this guy. He's going to have a great match with me. Like he he per- perfectly with precision is like this guy can draw money with me. That's who I want to work with. So, yes, oh, oh, he brings this guy back because he wants his win back or whatever, but he also is thinking about the bottom line, the bottom dollar. He wants to make the most money. So, when he feuds with Piper, okay, won't job to him and uh, probably sticks in Hogan's crawl a little bit because, oh, just do business, brother, and, 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 you know, we can kind of move on. But, the money is what he's focusing on in that big draw. So you know he loves working with Piper and just want to always work with Piper. But just business-wise, it didn't make sense after a while if this guy's not going to job to him. There's no payoff for the fans because the one, two, three is the payoff. Or, or the, the big victory in the big moment is the payoff, not a DQ or a count out. If you're not going to get that, you kind of got to move on from the guy. But he's so big of a feud with him. He's making so much money. Hogan loved Piper and loved working with him. It's just one of the things where it's like, damn it let go of that that spot just a little bit because if you think Andre jobs to Hogan right like oh man that sucks for Andre it didn't hurt him or the business at all it actually just elevated it so I understand some guys you don't want a job you don't want to lose your spot but sometimes jobbing and losing could be a good thing but I yep. totally 100% understand Piper at this point saying to himself I'm not doing that because then I'm going to lose my spot as the top heel in the company
2: well and and I don't know how much we're going to talk about it but the WCW debacle that was the Hogan and Piper feud. Obviously the roles are reversed. Piper's the baby face Hogan's the heel. But even with that said, look at the buy rate for that pay-per-view.
0: That's the thing to me also. And I, I, and it's such a misnomer because even Piper says, "Oh, me and Hogan in a, in a later interview years ago." But he said, "Me and Hogan we feuded in WWE it was kind of a rerun of the WWF stuff." But he's like, "Oh, it kind of killed the company because then it was relying on the old guys, and then you're not pushing up the young guys." But I disagree with Piper because that's why everyone kind of turned the channel, even though yep. they were turning over for the NWO anyway. When Piper shows up to Havoc, that that promo is unbelievable. It's one of my favorite yep. debuts, my favorite promos. So you're bored, are you? Like it's just so damn good. We were running neck and neck. I'm the reason you have no hair. Um, You're just as big a star as me, Piper. Like, all that stuff is awesome. But it led to that match, which is actually underrated and great. And people always rip that match. They were both trying their ass off at Starcade, And the buy rate was huge. So maybe after that wasn't as great. And Super Bowl wasn't as great as a match. And it started to die down. But those few three or four months there when Piper first got there with Hogan was awesome. It just set off the business. And hey, WBF Raw ratings. See you later. Yep. <laughs> That's really when they were like, uh, whoa, what the fuck's going on with Sting? Savage, what the hell's going on with Savage? Piper just showed up. See you, WWF wouldn't want to be a, and they're forced to bring in, uh, uh Bret Hart back and they're, they're, you know, they're going into like, okay, Shawn Michaels isn't a droid. We're getting killed here. All this other stuff. So I, I think the Hogan Piper thing was awesome for the first few months, at least.
2: And at that point in both of their careers inside of the pro wrestling bubble, clearly Hulk Hogan is the much bigger star. Yes. But when you look mainstream at that point in both of their careers, Piper was probably as big of a star as Hogan and everything that Piper was saying was really, really resonating. Yes. And all of that was because Piper protected his spot when he needed to back in the eighties.
0: And it's funny, like people like, no, no way Piper they live was the number one movie in America in 1987. So many people, even if you didn't realize who Piper was and didn't, Everyone knows that movie pretty much. And the obey stuff, even nowadays, it's even more prevalent with, with what the media is doing and stuff and, and him taking off the glasses. I mean, I'm not going to get political, but obviously you know what it means. Yep. <laughs> They're brainwashing everyone and, and who are they really, and what are they really doing? What are they really trying to accomplish? Everyone remembers like shit Piper, they live. I mean, you just see it constantly came here to uh, kick ass and chew bubblegum and I'm all out of bubblegum. I mean, he was so mainstream and it's just so cool. And but, it goes
2: back to rock and wrestling,
0: right? Yep. If Piper's
2: not in that spot on He doesn't MTV, get that role. Never. Yep. But but at that point, in the mainstream, even people that were not watching professional wrestling, Piper was the bigger star.
0: To me, too. And and I love that promo, running neck and neck, because you know that's like poking at Hogan a little bit, too. You know what I mean? Because Hogan doesn't want to admit it, but he was. So Hogan, going back to WrestleMania 1, He's the big attraction. He's the big star, but you got Liberace. You got, uh, yep. Billy Martin. You got Muhammad Ali, Sidney Lauper, all these stars. And of course, Mr. T in the main event with Hogan, Hogan and Mr. T of course, win. Snooker gets involved, Orton gets involved, Piper doesn't even take the loss here. Orndorff does. That's the key right there. That's one of the things too, where you think back, you're like, wow, I can't believe Piper didn't job there. Like they even kept yep. him strong again. And also um, to note that also helped create even more tension with Piper and T because he's like this guy can't work, did this guy work out? This guy gassed out in two seconds. Did he even train? Like he's not taking the business seriously. So to me, it's like wow, Piper was definitely pissed off anyway. And you know, a lot of the guys I'm sure wore like a celebrity who took the spot because it could have been Hogan and Snooker. You know what I mean? Like as a yeah, tag. No, team. that's valid. And Snooker was insanely popular. You want to talk about like Hogan levels of popularity? He was over like Rover, especially in New York. He was he was kind of like that, almost like Hogan before Hogan, where it's like the popularity was going through the roof. They love Superfly Jimmy Snuka. So, and the other thing
2: that's important is the Hogan and Orndorff feud.
0: Yes, yes, right. There's so much heat
2: between Hogan and Orndorff. You're still satisfied with Hogan getting the pin on Orndorff?
0: Who you know, just so- Uh, Just as big as he owned the company, not as big as Piper, but just like uh, close,
2: but you're, you're still satisfied. You're still going home happy. You're not even thinking about the fact that Piper didn't eat that pin until months later down the road.
0: Yep. It's just fascinating that. Okay. Wow. Piper again, didn't job. He got away with it, but it's fueling his fire. Legit. He just, he hates Mr. T. And, you know, people say, oh, it's a work and this and that. No, especially CM Punk, again, another guy who says, like, okay, you're going to a celebrity and a part-time guy? They main event WrestleMania over me? It should be me and The Rock or it should be me and Cena. And then, like, then they throw Miz in there almost to throw a little salt in the runes, like, the Miz main event over me? Like, it, it's one of those things where that's always the, the, you know, the performer's ego. But when you know you're in the top spot as the heel and you're kind of getting overshadowed or a celebrity takes somebody else's spot, that you know that ruffles the guys feathers even though it might be good in the end in the end result and for the bottom line and for Vince and for the business and it helps the guys working with the celebrities get over too sometimes you know it just sticks in the craw and you know it just gets them pissed off that, that oh man that's my spot or could have been my spot or why am I working with a celebrity the guy didn't even train like, even though he did being in shape and I believe Mr. T was jacked and in great oh, shape yeah. wrestling shape and cardio shape is completely completely different especially when you're not used to it
2: and I I don't know how many current professional wrestlers listen to this show because obviously it's a historic show but if you are a pro wrestler and especially an aspiring pro wrestler Go back and watch these shows and look at how much Piper revels in being booed. Like yep. there is there's this epidemic where nobody wants to be a heel anymore. Even the heels want to be cheered. Look at freaking Adam Cole. Yep. Piper loved being booed out of the building. He revelled in being booed out of the building. That's yep. that to me is a real lost art in professional wrestling in a modern day context.
0: So that's kind of almost like the end of hogan piper if you think about it like okay you know it, it's still there you know they're still kind of feuding but kind of like it's it's kind of winding down that's like not the end end but like that's kind of the end of it there where, where it's like all right piper is kind of moving on to mr t a little bit it's you know so it seems but before we get there we have a tag match where as you know obviously i mean we're not gonna get into the whole oendorf thing but Orndorff turds babyface a little bit afterwards because of Orton and Piper and obviously Orton's quote unquote Piper's bodyguard, but also his tag partner. So we go to WBF on prism for Philly at the Spectrum Hogan and Orndorff defeat Bob Orton and Piper short match. It's June of 85, really building and continuing to build kind of like an Orndorff turn obviously on Hogan we're, we're building that we're also building still Piper as the top heel but Piper still wants to get into it with Mr. T but kind of before we even get even close to Wrestlemania 2 where Hogan Hogan's gonna fight Bundy in the cage and Piper gets Mr. T in a boxing match we're gonna get the wrestling classic which is a great underrated show I know there's almost too many matches and maybe the wrong guy goes over in the end maybe junkyard dog shouldn't have won the tournament considering all the other, you know steamboat steamboats in there and bread and dynamite and savage i thought savage probably should win but you know junkyard dog is so over at this point it's probably justified even though maybe he wasn't in the best shape or the best shape of his career better shape of his life he wasn't uh, in the tip-top prime of his career there still junkyard dog wins that tournament and he's over like rover and that's great but one of the main events the what sold the show?
2: What, what sold the, the, show? the show?
0: Like I always say, what's on the poster? Hogan and Piper. Hogan defeats Piper. Good match. A little bit short, but still a good match and a great brawl. And it's funny. I, I love the-, the chemistry between these two, especially at this point. Piper does not back down from him. And it's funny. It's like this big guy against a smaller guy. But this small guy is tough as nails, but I thought he was like a shit talker. But he's like a, a amateur boxer, too. Like, this guy, there's something to this guy. Like, he's a little bit more dangerous. Like, the Joker. Like, this guy, maybe it's a military training or something. Like, this guy's a little bit more dangerous than meets the eye here. But he always stood toe-to-toe with the Hulkster. You know, not really in the end. But during the match, he would definitely have a nice little brawl with the Hulkster. Always had good chemistry, especially at this point. Maybe Starkey 96 might have been the end of that good chemistry. We can talk about that at a different time, different place. But Hogan wins this match by DQ. Still does not get his comeuppance. You think Rosemont Horizon, this big show in Chicago, it's going to be the end of it for Piper? Again, DQ. So he still won't do business.
2: Damn. You know what's amazing to me about that match? You just talked about it longer than it went. Seven minutes and 14 seconds yeah, sure. all yeah. that match goes.
0: Well, there's but- so many matches on that card. Not that it was going to go long anyway, because the war to settle the score isn't a long match either, but there's so many matches on that card. It, it's weird that that match didn't get more time. But it and it's intense. It, yep. it it feels like an intense match, right? You always got the sense that, and, and this is probably why people think that there's real heat or was real heat between Hogan and Piper. Man, they would throw in some haymakers. I mean, they were you laying in there. Yep.
2: And I think the other thing that adds to it as well is that was that was it. Like there's not a follow up. There there's Hogan doesn't get his win. Like yep. Piper took his ball and went home. You know, like that's that's kind of the way that everything is framed. And Piper's kind of that one guy that it's like Hogan never got him.
0: Yep, I'm the only guy. Great. Another another finally favorite line from that promo with 896. I'm the only guy you've never been able to beat, which is funny because you can think about it, you're like, shit, he's technically right. like, right, Because Piper never really pinned Hogan in the WBF and like Hogan said, he wouldn't play ball, brother. So it's interesting to think like, wow, this epic feud kind of didn't really have the ending, you would think. Almost WCW was almost the ending, <laughs> you would think, yeah. with the feud. He almost had to go back to it. I know it, it was huge money and Bischoff was very smart for bringing him in because it elevated WCW through the roof. But man, it, to think like okay, WCW score didn't do a wrestling classic, didn't do a WrestleMania, didn't do it. Though the house shows it doesn't do it. MSG, he's not doing it. Piper didn't lose to Hogan by pinfall during the hottest era of Hogan. He's pretty much the only guy. Now, the
2: question is, should Hogan have gotten that win? At some point, should they have put Hogan over?
0: Now, the fact that he wouldn't job clean to him, do you think that kept them from a one-on-one main event, like down the line where you would have that blow off. Do you think because Piper and they thought Piper wouldn't do business, maybe even Piper would do business, but in the back of their head, they didn't know that they could rely on that. Do you think maybe that's why they didn't have that blow off that they could have? That's possible. That's possible. My thought process, and, and I know they set it up brilliantly for Hogan and Bundy at WrestleMania two in the cage. And that, that just so important to Bundy's career mm-hmm. and was awesome for Hogan. Cause there's another giant to slay the frigging awesome poster where they're climbing the empire state building. I mean, that whole thing is just absolutely perfect and you think about it's like okay Bundy and then the pantheon of like Andre the Giant those big monsters that he was able to defeat makes sense but do you think in the back of Vince's mind and maybe even Hogan's mind that Wrestlemania 1 was really just setting up Wrestlemania 2 Hogan and Piper in the cage
2: that's very possible it's very possible
0: here I'll do you one better pause because I know you're a big
2: Hogan fan you were a little Hulkamaniac still am Now, Green, in hindsight, is 2020, and we're talking about it 20 years after the fact. Was there more money to be made by Piper going over Hogan?
0: Ooh. And then having Hogan
2: get his win back, obviously. But was there money in putting the title on Piper and having Hogan chase?
0: You know, that's so interesting because a lot of guys' philosophy and psychology is like the chase and that the face should lose and, and whatever, but for whatever reason, that was never the WWF way, even the WWF way. If they had a heel champion, he was champ for like a few weeks, and that's it. Think about Stan the Man Stasiak, Ivan Koloff, Iron Sheik. The guys that were the big heel champions beforehand were just transitional champions yep. to a long babyface run. Sam Martino had two long ones. Uh, Pedro Morales and had a long the one. The thing Macklin that's so weird one. is even superstar Billy Graham wasn't that long, his run, or as long as it should have been.
2: The thing I always thought was weird is that was always the formula. And you're right. New York was always a babyface territory. And I never understood that why they did it. Maybe they did it just for the sake of being different. But I always thought there would have been so much money, even if it was a cheap win, even if Piper's got his feet on the ropes, even if Piper takes him out with some brass knucks, pins him, takes the title, and have Hogan chase. Have Piper be like, no, I'm not giving you a rematch. And Hogan has to earn the rematch. I think there's so much they could have done with that feud going forward if they would have actually pulled the trigger and put the
0: title on Piper. I think piper would have got i mean just tremendous tremendous heat because imagine that the conquering hero loses to the shit the shit bag who's been talking shit and and being just a total asshole and just the ultimate heel the guy you love to hate but the guy you hate hate too i mean it would have just been one of the things where it's like wow that could have blown off and done some tremendous business even though they did do tremendous business and you kind of can't question anything they said but i think that would have been kind of cool because then he would have been champion they would have been so much heat on him, and then the rematch where Hogan gets it back could have just been just huge. And maybe that's WrestleMania two in the cage, exactly. Hogan getting, the, getting the title back. But to me, I, I mean, I love the Bundy stuff, but man, imagine if if the Hogan Piper thing was the two year feud and Hogan versus Piper in the cage at WrestleMania two, whether Piper's champ or not, Hogan finally beats yeah. him in the cage would have been awesome.
2: Yeah. It would have been great. And and the cage stipulation would have made total sense after all the count outs and all the disqualifications, yep. all the interference. Would have been awesome.
0: Man, just to think that the feud not that what the, they
2: did wasn't awesome, but right. I mean, you know, looking at it in hindsight, it could have been so much bigger if they would have went with Piper.
0: And they did so well, obviously, with that feud. And then you know, you mm-hmm. kind of just set the, the ground for Hogan. Where he's got Bundy, he's got Orndorff. Um, my God, he's got Andre. Believe me, they set up strong challengers for him. Even, even on the house shows, you know, he'll feud with Harley Race or Funk or Big John Studd was a huge one. Yeah. Like, you know, he'll have these awesome feuds, and he's got all these heels lined up and stacked up for months and years and savage. Eventually, I mean, you just have all the big boss man, even Zeus for a small period of time to pump up the movie, no holds barred. But it's just like wow, they got these perfect guys lined up. You kind of didn't. Not you didn't need Piper, but it was like he's so stacked with guys that yeah. okay, if Piper's not going to do business, we're going to move on to this guy and that guy and the next guy. So in one instance, it's like, oh man, I wish Piper would have done business, but he was saving himself for saving his character, and he didn't want to do business. And it's one of the things that they went back to in WCW years later and made money off that feud because he didn't do business. So it, it you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but to right. me man, they could have had a longer feud. And the way you kind of look back and romanticize it, you almost think that it was way longer than what it was.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because it was such a huge part of the WWF
0: history. So really... You know, Just kind of going forward with the Hogan era, that's kind of the end of it for Hogan and Piper. Yes, they do team up and stuff eventually in a little bit, but really in 87, Piper's pit served as the backdrop for Andre and Hulk and WrestleMania three and that whole thing, which was very cool and very different because Piper is involved again in his own way. You know, he's going to have the retirement match against Adrian Adonis at WrestleMania three, but he's still tied to the Hogan stuff, which was cool, and used it as a vehicle to pump up Hogan and Andre and do the next... Um, category or the next chapter in, in the Hogan era. But to me, man, you don't have quite as big of a boom in the Hogan era. You don't even get Hogan Andre without Hogan and Piper.
2: Yeah, no, that's, that's very, very well said. The Piper aspect to Hogan and Andre added a whole nother layer to the psychology of it. Very, very well done.
0: Just a final thought for me and I'll get your kind of closing thought, but I was just thinking, Man, if WrestleMania 2 was Hogan Piper Hogan wins. You probably could say it might be the greatest feud of all time. You know, just and think, because I always say Hogan Savage or or even Hogan Andre, like you're thinking of it, but man, if they had that longer feud, because H- Hogan Savage, you think about it, starts at four essentially and really kind of yeah. goes on to five. I mean, that's just such a good story. But imagine if they just keep doing the thing with Piper. And I know Piper fights Mr. T at WrestleMania too, but you just think about it. It's like, it's almost like a consolation. Yes, you get the celebrity. And I know he loses by DQ. He body slams him, that whole thing. But that's almost like a consolation. You almost the backdrop to Hogan and I know that it got so much mainstream attention because it's Piper and T, but, and there's some legit heat there, but man, if that was Hogan Piper, forget about it. It would have been even bigger.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, looking back at it now, like if you could have had Hogan Piper instead of Hogan and Bundy, yeah i i think wrestlemania 2 is viewed a little bit differently because wrestlemania 2 is kind of the bastard child right like you have the genesis and then you have the slam heard around the world and yeah in the middle was kind of wrestlemania 2 you know but you, you could have really made it stand out yeah would have been great too
0: so just to kind of close it out here hogan piper hogan era kind of starts it off. I know a lot of people say Sheiky Baby started off, but it really started off and put it into the stratosphere, sent it off to the moon. The Hogan era without Piper doesn't quite get as strong to me. And to me,
2: even more importantly,
0: WrestleMania doesn't get off. Yes, good point which is obviously their their big global seller, even when they don't do good business. I know now they're making billions of good business, but whenever they don't do good business, WrestleMania season comes along and boom, scoops yep. up the season, thanks to Hulk and, and thanks to the Rowdy Scott, the Rowdy one, Rowdy, rowdy Piper. So great stuff, uh, Jargo here. I just, man, reminiscing and think about that feud. What an awesome feud. What an awesome time. Back in those days, like we were talking about Off-Air, we had to go to the video store and rent it we were looking at uh, maybe some porno videos off to the right and the uh, pro wrestling videos <laughs> would be off the left. And I was mentioning to you that video stores, I know people nowadays probably don't even realize the popularity, but man, I had, I think it was it was four plus I was in yeah, I had four in the vicinity within two miles from me and then the supermarket, which also which also had video stores. So um, that was very, very popular to do and to grab those old WrestleManias and to grab the college team videos and to grab those great, you know, the wrestling classic and other stuff on um um vhs and on video man those were the days but they were so popular to go in there and get all those wrestling tapes it was it was nuts kids
2: are spoiled man now now with the on-demand thing Mm -hmm. you know if you're getting into wrestling now it's like even if you're trying to get into japanese professional wrestling at the age of 40 you can just get a new japan world subscription for you know eight dollars and 72 cents for a month and you can go back and you can watch antonio Right. They, they won't know the horror of going to the video store, you know, to go rent that one video that you've been waiting for weeks. And every time you go to the store, it's out. And then you get to the video store. Cause there's only one copy in the video store for everybody in the city. And it's rented again. And then you have to find out who that person is that is renting it and when it is due back. And will you call me as soon as it gets here so I can bug my parents to drive me all the way back across town so I can come watch WrestleMania three. Oh, those were the days. man.
0: Yep. Loved it. Well, they used to the drag my dad to all the video stores. <laughs> we were, me and my brother were like, okay, we're going to video is okay, yeah. let's go there. And, right. and oh my God, and Easy Video was another great one. And then Blockbuster eventually popped up, but there was a place called the RX Place, which was basically a pharmacy. And the back of the pharmacy, they had all these awesome wrestling tapes. Oh man. What a, uh, what a time to be alive back there. Yeah, right. Hey, hey, if they've easy video didn't have it. Hey, we're going to video is right across the street. We're going to check that place out. Those were some good times, and some good memories, but let's head on over to the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at two man power trip. Check out the website, dot And of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash TNPT empire. Jargo. What do you got? I'm everywhere, man. You can
2: find me over at the Big Veto Brand. You can find me over at nodq.com. You can find me at hittingthemarks.com, destinopod.com, across all social media platforms, at NotJargo. I am everywhere these
0: days. Yeah, you really are. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. We'll see you right back here next week for a little bit of the Hogan Era Podcast. See you next week, folks. Brother